I'm Kaylee Nix, and we are super excited to be kicking off this food, beverage, and CPG day in a very large way. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Matt Cicinelli, who is Vice President of Operations and Technology at HelloFresh, to talk a little bit about the changing business and ways to be different when it comes to food and home delivery. Of course, you know HelloFresh, I'm sure, from Spotify ads, from commercials that are all over your social media. Maybe you even dabble in home chefing a little bit yourself through services like what HelloFresh provides. I know I've done it. They're awesome. And I love that type of product. So Matt, we're glad to have you and to talk a little bit through what a changing customer base looks like for you guys. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Kaylee. Excited to be here. So first off, HelloFresh is something that I think has served a ton of people, especially as we transition out of the true pandemic times into kind of the post-pandemic world that we're in, right? Let's talk a little bit through the business and how the last really three to five years have gone for you guys. Yeah, no, I think we've been uh, we've been very lucky and been through a lot of changes, as many have, I think, through COVID, um, with the, the the shutting of of borders and homes and schools. Everyone's coming home and staying home, and we were a, a lucky recipient of that in some ways. Uh, we were set up to be a business of of one size, not knowing COVID was coming, and and quickly transitioned into rapid growth. Uh, when we look back at 2021, year on year, we grew 53% in the U.S. in terms of box count. Um, so, so we, we invested a lot, um, in 2020, in, uh, 2021, uh, into how to keep up and fulfill those needs while reacting to what was unknown at the time. How, how was the disease spreading, social distancing pressures, which, which ultimately reduced everyone's capacity. Um, and, and are luckily coming out on the other side and, and have acquired a great number of customers. And now we're really focused on the retention of those customers, um, and to 2023 and beyond. I think HelloFresh is so interesting because it's something that's convenient, but it also caters a lot to people's curiosity, right? I know that the reason that I started getting some of these meals is because I love cooking and I love trying new things, but it's very hard for me to kind of suss out what I want at the grocery store. And this gives you a really good opportunity, right? And that was kind of how it started for a lot of consumers. Maybe they want the convenience aspect, but they're curious about it. Then during the pandemic, it really transitioned into, this is a great option for fresh foods delivered home in a safe way with provided instructions, making things really easy for folks. And now we're kind of at this post space. Where are you guys seeing your consumers sit right now? And how are you trying to evolve to meet them where they're at now? Yeah, I think there's a couple of points in this. I, I, I'm with you as well, right? Uh, my wife and I, we love to cook, but but the mental load with a with a little one at home and trying to go to the grocery store on the weekend and and fight with a toddler tantrum and decide what to get off the shelves and you know buy a jar of saffron when you only need one little strand um, is, is a lot to go through, right? Um, and and so I think we're meeting people at different places where they are, right? There's there's different customer profiles. There's there's people like like me who who don't want to take on the burden of um, deciding what to get at the store. Uh, there's people who just want the convenience of something to have for, for lunch or for dinner at home. Um, but also those, those needs and I think desires are absolutely evolving and changing where two years ago, you didn't want to go and leave the house and go to the store or maybe in some cases couldn't. Um, and showing up at your door was a great option. Uh, now you have many more options available to you, right? You can go to, to the restaurant. Um, you can go to the store. You can get back out into the world and beyond. So we're definitely focused now on a couple of years of really heavy acquisition, um, a lot of which you know came through what was going on, and, and now is retention. Uh, and the retention of that means 
as you described, meeting the customer where they are. There's different meal occasions. So you'll see us um, and do see us expanding our marketplace offering. So we offer lunch options and breakfast options to meet you at the meals that are important to you and, and other meal occasions in the home that maybe just aren't dinner, um, as well as expanding the choice of menus that we do offer. So there's more types of meals. There's more other things you could put in your box um, and expanding brands. You know, we've, we've launched or acquired a couple of new brands in the last couple of years, like Factor um, in the U.S., which is a ready-to-heat meal, um, or, or a Good Shop, which is a protein subscription option for you. So, so we're trying to find different ways to meet the customer. And, and even within our core business of meal kits, um, expanding those options, right, with um, Every Plate and Green Chef, uh, meeting different customers. Green Chef, for example, if you're more interested in organic or, or, or different diet types or, or great vegan options, um, we're, we're trying to find different occasions for types of meals, opportunities of meals throughout the day, um, and, and ways that you want to choose to use the convenience factor for customers. What do you think has been either the most difficult place to meet your consumers or the most surprising thing that consumers are saying that they really want? I think just from personal anecdote, I know there's maybe it's just the circles that I run in, but there's a lot of people who are putting a very heavy focus on organic pesticide free, very local, maybe farm friendly, supporting less factory farming, supporting more small local personal farms, knowing where your money is going, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that those are some of those upcoming challenges that consumers are really going to start looking for? And have you guys started to see those when you're talking about looking at your customer base? Yeah, uh, I don't know the circles you run in. It sounds like a complex place, so we'll try. We'll try and convert some of them in this. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I, I think there's a couple of things in that, right? When you when you look at this type of business, number one, um, I think there's a lot of factors that have to go right to be able to to bring customers in, right? There's a great marketing and growth engine. Um, there's a great product development uh, component of making sure we have meals that are appropriate for people or that are exciting for them. Whether that is different dietary types, we we ran a um, a focus earlier this year in one of our brands in Green Chef around around keto, um, especially coming out of the holidays. Um, people are looking for different uh, diet options or, or, or different um, uh, different meal types they want um, to try to a great fulfillment engine, right? How do we get things to people that they, that they want in a cost-effective manner? Um, so some of those challenges are, are definitely, I think, evolving uh, customer desires. And, and we're trying very hard on the product development side to find those opportunities, whatever it might be, protein rich, diet specific, et cetera, heat and eat versus meal kit, quick and easy um, for different customer bases. Um, and then also investing in, on, on a side that we don't talk about probably en enough, which is um, sustainability, right? How do we believe we're doing the right thing so that your money is going to a good place? Um, and I think it's a actually a place we have a really great story that, that maybe isn't, isn't known as much. I mean, we're using 100% renewable electricity in all of our warehouses and offices. Um, We've donated 15.6 million surplus meals last year, which was 75% of our of our um, surplus product, and two million meals that went to a, a program we started called um, Meals with Meaning um, or Beyond the Box uh, to to be able to give back to the communities we operate in. Um, and we also know that for for our planet, our carbon emissions are 25% lower than um, what you would expend if you got the same ingredients and same meals from the grocery store. So, mm -hmm. so there's, there's the consumer trend piece of where diet's going, where, where, where's the meal choice going, uh, which we're very fortunate to have a great team constantly tracking and, and going after and testing new things, um, as well as making sure that we, we reinvent our fulfillment cycle. How do we remove carbon? How do we remove inefficiencies? 
it's one of the benefits as well of of a, um, a subscription model, which we are, is we have a higher degree of certainty of, of what you'll order. So we don't need to order as much excess um, and then have to waste it. But when we do have too much, we can give it back to our communities. Um, and then and then lastly, making sure that when we do get to the other end, that we're trying to do something better for, for the world from, from farm to table. I love that because the waste reduction filters down into the consumer side too, right? You're less likely to waste your groceries if you have your meals being delivered to you and you have that planned out and you don't have to buy an entire jar of saffron just to use one single strand of it, right? That's right. I love that example too, because no one ever wants to buy the jar of saffron, right? Like it's just, it's really expensive and you use it one time a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like a, like a container of star anise from making cookies that I only make over Christmas. And it's, it just sits there. Luckily spices like hang out for a while yeah. before they go bad, but I totally understand that. So Matt, of course, this is freight waves. We cover supply chain freight and logistics. So let's move this kind of into the supply chain view of HelloFresh. The last few years, as our supply chains have handled really massive problems over and over and over again. We've had disruption on disruption. What has it looked like from your guys' side? Maybe that's from a transportation side or from a sourcing side. What kind of problems have you guys really had to deal with and solve over the last few years? Yeah, I think I think some of our problems were very classic to everyone in the industry, right? If you look back into um, Q4 of 2020, transportation capacity um, was definitely a challenge for everyone. Um, in general, I think the labor market has been a challenge for everyone. Um, compounded by the consistent challenge we have, which is a, a, a constantly rotating uh, origin of a lot of our suppliers, right? We'll, we'll get product A from the Northeast at this time of year, and that same product might come from the Southwest the other time of the year. Um, and so when you're trying to chase a product that's moving from its origin in a capacity-constrained area, it's obviously a big challenge for us. So, um, you know, for, for us, I think it was a couple of things and, and how we dealt with it. So there was that massive growth we talked about we were very lucky from, from the frontline associate to the CEO. Uh, we relied on a lot of really great people in, in 2020 and 2021 um, and rounded out 2022. And during that time, shifting into tools and technology, right? Um, we were talking about earlier the size of business we were equipped to be when the pandemic hit. We are very fortunate to be a bigger business than we probably planned to be at that point in time. Um, but it was powered by people. Uh, and, and we've been trying to now... Uh, uh, supplement those people with tools and technology so that we can stop doing so much on, on spreadsheets and can invest those people into the product development that's going to re- lead to the retention um, and, the, and the growth of our products that we want to see. Um, so I think for us, if you then look at the transportation side, um, it was a massive uh, expansion of our partners in 2020 and 2021. And 2020, 2022 was then um, a, a reconciliation of that and, and investing in partners who um, are going to be there for you, right? At, at this point, the pendulum of price is swinging. And so price and, and quality is table stakes. But what we're really looking for now are are the suppliers and the partners who are there when we need them. Um, and we're very lucky to have some of those. So it's, it's been a trend of, I think, expansion of, of partners and now a, a trend of, of rationalization, um, which we're, we're finishing now, I think, going through and, and coming out of Q4 last year with softer demand than I think most people expected puts, puts shippers in a strong position to, to negotiate what it is they're looking for. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a really, really good point that you bring up, especially as we kind of sit here and we're starting to see not necessarily a floor, but we're almost kind of seeing this evening out in our freight markets right now, our pricing structure, and things are kind of coming back to reality. And I almost use that term realities in like COVID and the immediate post-COVID was so high inflated that we're not necessarily dropping off. We're returning back to the time before we knew our world got shaken upside down, right? Looking forward into 2023 as we continue to maybe come onto this trend of normalization a little bit, what are some of the things that you guys are looking forward ahead to? Maybe that's technology partnerships or investing in new opportunities with more diversified suppliers. What's something that you guys are really working on for 2023? Yeah, I think in 2023, our focus right now is is, um, on the customer and expand the offering and and to use your words, meeting them where they are. So we're investing... um, a lot into the product expansion, but that creates complexity in um, in our fulfillment and our supply chain. So, so offering more items to customers means we're investing in fulfillment technologies to be able to expand the selection in a warehouse um, without necessarily needing to increase the, the base footprint of the warehouse. Um, uh, we're investing in uh, a lot of tools around visibility of our supply chain. We know that customers want to know where their box is, when it's coming, et cetera. Um, and, you know, like everyone else right now, I think we're trying to figure out exactly where the ec- macroeconomic environment is going. So you said return to normalcy. We had we had COVID and then we had the inflation of 2022. Uh, everyone's hoping for a bit more of a breather in 2023. Uh, but but to be seen how that will, will play out. So so our focus really right now is is on the customer and making sure that we can continue to retain them. Um, but it is cascading complexity through through the rest of our supply chain. Um, we're, we're opening new fulfillment capacity. Um, we're, 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 we're rationalizing those partners. We're expanding where we can be. Um, yeah. So you mentioned earlier that for you guys, quality and price are table stakes. And I think that that's something that keeps a lot of customers attracted to HelloFresh is knowing that they have the ability to get quality goods in a very controlled environment and to do it for prices that remain competitive. And then, of course, we have inflation. I know for a fact, just tracking my grocery list through the last several months, hurts a little bit inside when I see it, but it's kind of the environment that we're in. Can you touch a little bit on how services like HelloFresh and how you guys at HelloFresh really work to maintain competitive in that pricing structure? Because you know that you can deliver quality goods to these consumers while still not necessarily having them pay as much as they're paying at the grocery store or feeling that pain from inflation just a little less. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a great place for us to be in and play for consumers, and hopefully they're seeing the benefit. Uh, same, same as you. Uh, luckily, I'm going to the grocery store less, uh, so I feel less of the pain right now because I get to use services like ours. Um, I, I know we've seen our cost of our goods rise less than the inflation for the same basket of goods coming out of the grocery stores. So, so while it still might be increasing, that's just the reality of where we are today. You can still save some more money by using a service like this because of the um, the points we were talking about earlier, A, the subscription model, um, B, we can be a bit more thoughtful in, in the goods we can get from what places and we can source them for maybe more economical parts of the country as opposed to, you know, bringing in blueberries from extremely far away in a time of year that's not advantageous for it. Um, so we can be smart about bringing a seasonal menu that allows us to bring in, in product that is, is fresh, um, doesn't need to spend as much time to get to us, and then we can get it to you really quickly. And by keeping those costs down, by investing in technology, by investing in our partnerships with our logistics providers and our warehousing providers, um, we can continue to offer low prices to customers. And it's allowing us to expand our coverage. You know, we've even started shipping to uh, Alaska and Hawaii in the last year or so. So we're also extending our reach to bring that benefit to even more people. 
Is there any challenge that goes on with trying to keep those costs low and then also keeping that rotating host of SKUs that you have? You mentioned that you do the, a lot of that rotation trying to find, you know, different pla- different things from different places. Is there is that kind of challenge go twofold? Um, probably to some degree, right? There, there is a, a desire for customers for variety, right? Now, okay. variety to someone can, can mean different things, right? Maybe, maybe I want a different kind of salad or maybe I don't want salad and I want a, a steak or something like this. So um, that, that's, I think, inherently the challenge with anything when it comes to food is it's a very personal experience. And so our ability to keep up or to try and address um, the concept of variability or variety for different customers it is a challenge. It means we have to keep a, uh, a good variety on the menu at any given point in time, which means we are buying probably more ingredients. But again, we then look to use those ingredients in any given week in multiple dishes, right? So, so that if, I, if I'm going to bring in feta cheese for a Mediterranean-inspired something, maybe I'll look for a couple of ways to use that on the menu so, so that I have a chance to, to make sure I use everything that I've purchased. So um, Yes and no. I, I, I think we're still in that position where we're trying to provide variety to customers um, despite um, an expanding menu, but we can still curate that variety. Um, and luckily, we've got enough menu um, options each week that, you know, maybe you had chicken last week, so you don't want chicken this week. Well, luckily, we've got, you know, the, the meatballs for you or, or the salad for you. So it still sits within a, a very uh, large menu offering, and, and we can use them across, uh, across different SKUs. There's an old saying that like the variety is the spice of life, but sometimes too much choice can kill your options, right? And you end up just going with the same thing over and over again. That that's it, right? I mean, think about you walk into a uh, a mall food court, right? You have so many options. What are you going to go to next? Well, Always going to Sbarro. Always you're going, going to Sbarro. Okay, you're a pizza girl. I like it. Yeah, you're going to go to the thing that you gravitate towards. But it's nice to know, right? I used to live in a big city, and it was nice to know I had the option to go see a show or do something, but I used 5% of that city in any given day, right? It's, it's, it's the perception. Right. We like, we like having the perception of choice, even though we, we like to stick to our creature comfort sometimes. So going forward for the consumer who maybe is finding themselves in this balancing act, maybe they're working a hybrid home job, maybe they're taking care of their kids, but also now trying to get back into this some sense of normal life. And they're kind of just lost in limbo to what normal feels like. Where do you guys picture yourself sitting for that customer who's maybe in the kind of like confused ether about their choices right now? Are you hoping to be a viable option for them to pick and choose maybe three nights a week, they get that HelloFresh meal, maybe it's lunch or breakfast, or looking at them to maybe kind of dabble with you guys and then eventually go all in? I I think it's up to the consumer. We'd love it if they were with us three nights a week, five nights a week, um, or, or during the day, uh, we hope to offer the variety to, to, to really meet what they're looking for. So if, if, uh, if breakfast is the challenge for you because you've got kids running out the door or, or, or you work far away and you just need something to eat on the go, we want to find you there. If you've got two minutes for lunch and you want something that's, you know, not just coming out of the, uh, uh, the microwave or a cold sandwich, we want to meet you there. And if you want to bring the family around the dinner table or you want to cook with your kids, we want to meet you there. So uh, our hope is to provide the optionality that you can kind of pick and choose what fits for you. And, uh, you know, may- maybe you're like me and factor is a couple of days a week for lunch because it's, it's time constrained, but I want something that's more than just a cold sandwich or, uh, or my wife and I switching off cooking dinner, I'll do prep and she'll do the end and we can swap taking care of our children at home. So I think it's to each person and depending on what they're looking for. 
Um, but we're hoping to provide a variety that you can find those things and you can find snacks and you can pack things in lunches or you can take it to work. Um, time is precious now. I think we all realize that coming out of COVID, it's the one thing you won't get back. So how do we give you more time? Bring your family or your friends around your dinner table and ultimately continue on changing the way people eat forever. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that's a great place to finish. Before we let you go, I'm going to ask you one more question. Is there a meal in the HelloFresh environment universe that is your favorite or one that has stuck out to you and you're like, I would make this again and again? You know, I've been very pleasantly surprised by our grilling cheeses. They're like a halloumi style cheese dish okay. that tend to be a Mediterranean couscous type thing. Um, they usually have a really great sauce. Uh, I am not a vegetarian, but actually it's been a really great surprise. And we're trying out Meatless Mondays as we go into 2023. Um, and they've been excellent. So I, I suggest those. Um, but you can't go wrong. We, we've not had anything we didn't enjoy. Um, and if you are a vegan or vegetarian, I think Green Chef is um, absolutely the choice for you. So for those looking for that option. There you go, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. A great way to kick off our third day of Global Supply Chain Week coverage. Obviously, people just go to HelloFresh.com, right? I, like I hear it on Spotify all the time. Is that that's, that's one place? That, that is absolutely it. HelloFresh.com. Uh, you can also try Every Plate, Green Chef, Factor, Good Shop. So find us anywhere you can. Um, thanks so much for having me. It was a great conversation, Kaylee, uh, and enjoy the rest of the week. Great conversation indeed. All right. Well, we have plenty more coming up for this third day, food and beverage and CPG, all the things that you could eat or drink. So fill up your plate. I will not make any more terrible food puns. I will get off of your screen. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Global Supply Chain Week. Don't forget, if you are not watching us on live.freightwaves.com, go ahead and get registered. We are doing daily giveaways for some incredible prizes, but you can't win if you are not logged in. So head on over there tell your friends, get them connected as well. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back.